Hey, it's Emma. Every day I am one step closer to putting on a tinfoil hat and living in the wilderness or something. I'm Jolie. Along with watching Lovecraft Country, which is bar none the most disturbing shit, I have also been watching Raised by Wolves, which is like, hey, let's make a new colony on space and everything sucks all the time continuously, just like it does here. No matter where you go, there you are. really feeling a lot of conspiracies right now. Oh, yeah? Yeah. I mean, with Trump getting COVID. Yeah. I have a hard time believing it, but then also, like, they've all been acting like such morons during this entire pandemic that it wouldn't surprise me if it's absolutely true. Okay. Did you see Utopia? No. Spoiler alert, if you haven't seen the show, but whatever. It's important for me to talk about (laughs) right now. I have important information. (laughs) But basically on the show, there's, like, this weird virus. And this pharmaceutical company wants to release a vaccine. So they like have these twins and like one of them gets really sick and like dies. You know, she sacrifices her life for the cause. Right. Then like a new sister comes, you know, they're twins and she's totally healthy or whatever to say that the vaccine works. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. It does. And it's like this whole trick on, you know, the country or whatever to sell pharmaceuticals right now. Trump has COVID. Right. And he is in the hospital using an experimental drug. It's like made out of hamster ovaries or something. How many hamsters would you need? <laughs> That's so <laughs> sad. Know. How many hamsters have to die for this dick bag to live? I know, right? Yeah. So he's taking this experimental drug. He's going to end up surviving. Mm-hmm. He's going to end up being like, let's sell this drug. Let's push it past all the tests. Nobody's going to do the tests. They're going to like give people this drug. Everybody's just going to die because it's a load of shit. And he right. like, I mean, I'm going to feel stupid if he like dies of COVID, you know, <laughs> after saying this. I'm stuff. not going to feel stupid. But I'm telling you, like, I am feeling unwell. Yeah. <laughs> like, in regard to. Unwell spiritually and emotionally, not physically. Yeah, not <laughs> physically. What kills me is that literally every member of his team is now coming down with COVID and reporting that they have COVID. So I'm just like, I feel like it might be fake because he wants to be like, oh, I got COVID and then be like, oh, it was just, Mm -hmm. it was just a flu. Fucking fake Mm -hmm. news. Mm -hmm. Libtards. Libtards. Snowflakes. Trying to take away our freedom to get sick and then be okay. And then part of me is like, well, he's been acting like a complete fucking dipshit and not wearing a mask. And all of a sudden he's like, oh shit, I'm actually sick. Well, and then with like Amy, whatever the fuck her name is, like getting nominated to the Supreme Court, like we're doomed. The whole system needs to be gutted, to be frank. I like, you know, Ruth Bader Ginsburg and all of that. But the fact that mm-hmm. she was able to sit in that seat for that long is bonkers. I, I agree. There is no reason for that to be like a permanent fucking job. Mm-hmm. Like it needs to no, shift totally constantly. Agree. It's just such bullshit. Like the electoral, I always want to call it a collage. It's not a collage. It's a college. (laughs) The electoral college, the fact that people can sit in the Supreme Court for however fucking long they want, like all of this shit is fucked up. Mm -hmm. You watched the debate, right? I did not watch the debate because I had a feeling how it was going to go and I knew it was just going to make me furious. So I didn't. Oh my God. But I I saw like clips from it and I was like, oh my God, it really was like a fight in a Chili's parking lot. Uh-huh. It's like yeah. two guys, two old dudes, up. like just a little bit drunk, a little bit tipsy yelling at uh-huh. each other. Uh-huh. <laughs> I know. Biden's like, you're a clown. 
And that's like kind of how it all started. And I'm just cracking up. I'm like, wait, this isn't like a skit. This isn't. This is not Saturday Night Live. So yeah, that's where I'm at, man. So I'm going there again. I'm going to like this deep hole of conspiracy. Okay. Okay. Let's go. So I watched this documentary on YouTube called Out of Shadows. And like a big part of it is like being programmed by <laughs> the, me- the media, right? So it's like they're Which we are to some degree. Stuff. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. In the, in the movie, they're like, it's programming. Get it? But right. It's like, what if we are all going to move to the fucking moon? What if it's just prepping us for that? Right. Just like Utopia prepped us for Trump's like crazy bullshit. Right. <laughs> You're like, I can't with you. Please stop. <laughs> I do not buy into the whole liberal media is all like trying to get you to believe that these people are good so that they can rape kids and eat their Mm. adrenal glands. Like I'm not into that shit. I think it's fucking bullshit. But I do think there are a lot of people who pay a good amount of money to have their spin on whatever put on the Mm -hmm. air. And that's what scares me. Yeah, there was something else, like another show that Benny and I watched that was a predictor of something. And I was just like, this is it. Like, check me into a mental institution. (laughs) We're done. (laughs) I'm I'm so sorry. You're going to raise the kids on your own because I cannot with this life anymore. Or you know what it was? It was like, actually, I don't want to get into this. (laughs) It's one of those topics where if like you start talking about it and you say the wrong thing, like everybody's just going to like lynch me publicly. So yeah, moving on. Never mind. Edit that out. (laughs) I will completely edit that out. No one will even know that you had a thought. (laughs) No one will know know that either of us have thoughts. We don't think. We don't think. We just read. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. We don't process any information ever. Never. So speaking of reading, everybody knows that Portland was on fire for like a long time. So that's not surprising. Mm -hmm. While we were under threat of needing to evacuate, Mom and I went into the attic and like combined all of the stuff that you can't replace, like family Mm -hmm. photos and documents and things like that, so that they would be easy to load into the car. And while we were doing that, I found a box full of school photos, like the the eight by tens and the like wallet size of just like every age of me. Like my mom had bought like way too many and just had a ton of leftovers. So for one thing, people are getting really uncomfortable gifts this year. Oh, I can't wait. I I want one from like every year. I want a collage of you. So every year you could get a new awkward school photo of me. I can't wait. And then my mom made the suggestion that I could Photoshop my school picture with another friend's school picture and make it really uncomfortable. So we're going for that. But also (laughs) I found... As a kid, I was really into ghost stories and horror. And I like, there would be that van that came with like the collection of books and you could like order. And, oh yeah, book fair. Yeah, book fair. Yeah. So I would always get like the weird ones with like the cryptids and the ghost stories and all of that shit. So that was me as a kid. I was like a spooky girl. And I wrote <laughs> the funniest fucking ghost story that's really goddamn morbid. Not written well because I was probably eight. It looks like about eight. (laughs) And it is (laughs) hilarious. So I thought to kick off our spooky episode that I would read you my my original ghost story called The Night Ghost. The Night Ghost. Because that's when ghosts come. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. It's really good. I think you'll see right away that I just get into the meat and potatoes immediately. I'm not pulling any stops at all. Are you ready for the night ghost? (laughs) I'm ready. Okay. 
Once we moved into a house to get away from the evil spirit of my father, Joseph Lannenberg. He would hit me when I was younger. He killed himself because of his childhood. We. You wrote we? No, I, oh. I'm saying we. <laughs> when we moved into the house, all seemed normal. We didn't see anything at night. All seemed well until one day as we were washing dishes, we saw a black form of a woman weeping. At first, we thought it was just a shadow, but then I woke up in the middle of the night to get a glass of milk, and I heard crying, and something said, help me, you can't keep me in here. After I discovered it was coming from the basement, I decided to see what it was, or I said, what is was. I decided to see what is was. You were doing your best. I was... (laughs) I was young, okay? Not a literary genius at this point. I was getting there. Yeah, not yet. (laughs) I was workshopping. When I went to the basement, I saw her. Her face, and I, I quote, this is me saying this, her face was crimpled up as she started to move toward me. What the hell is crimpled? Let's try to do it. (laughs) <laughs> we both had like the same idea. I think I was probably trying to say crumpled, but crumpled yeah. does not make any goddamn sense to me. <laughs> I ran into my mom's room as fast as I could. I told her what happened, but she said it was only my imagination. Then I said, but I heard someone hurting. Then I saw she had a black face and everything. It couldn't have been my imagination. My mom decided to move, but as we did, she found out we couldn't get rid of it. It's a cliffhanger. That's the end of my story. (laughs) It's like I got bored of it halfway through it. I was just like, all right, well, let's just wrap it up. Yeah, we moved, whatever. The ghost followed us, the end. My mom didn't believe me, but she still moved. (laughs) My mom spent spent all this thousands of dollars (laughs) to move. I love the like, he killed himself because of his childhood. Not going to get into it. Let's, Let's move on. He hit me when I was young. Oh my God. <laughs> your teachers were probably like, oh, Mary, you're well, I loved original. It. <laughs> I thought it was great. I'll scan it and put it on the website so everyone can enjoy it. Oh, I can't wait. I can't wait to see your like little kid handwriting. Oh my God. It's so cute. I love it. So cute. Also, I, it appears as though I tried to create some sort of font for the the header, the night ghost. And then I just got bored of that halfway through too. <laughs> so I started with like, I was making a fancy tea and then I put everything in caps and then I stopped putting things in caps. So it's like <laughs> the night ghost. <laughs> Kids are funny. Kids are fucking hilarious. In Nori's like Zoom music class, they were killing time, you know, and Nori like asked where humans came from. It's like, who was the first human? What's happening in space? Like asking all these like really deep questions. I'm like, this oh my is God, a music stop. class. Right. <laughs> I know. We should have raised you with religion. Sorry. That is beyond my ability to answer for you right now. Would you like to talk about pianos? Tell me about evolution. I don't have an amazing story that I wrote as a child. Why not? Maybe I'll look through them and next episode I'll share some strange things I did. Oh, fuck yeah. But I did find some pretty good spooky stories. Did you? One of them I labeled touching, but scary. (laughs) I'm going to read it to you guys. I'm ready. Touching but scary, titled by me. August 16th, 2008, my friend Kelsey died in a horrible river rafting accident. She was a beautiful, wonderful, bright light of a person who died at the young age of 23. Anyway, prior to her (laughs) leaving on her rafting trip, her and I had bought tickets to the upcoming Radiohead concert on August 19th in Vancouver. 
She and I shared our love for Radiohead and a few friends of ours were going to attend with us. Just before she left to go to her rafting trip, she and I were talking. Hey, what song would you want Radiohead to play that you know they won't play? Her answer was Just, which is a song from the mid-1990s that was not ever in their set list anymore. I also asked her, what makes you like Radiohead so much? And she said, Radiohead is music for a rainy day. I agree with that. Yeah, totally. On August 19th, three days after her death, we still attended the concert because we felt it was something that she would have wanted us to do. We were all in the grips of grief and I didn't really have the spirit to go, but I went anyway. We never gave her ticket to anyone and we had the ticket torn at the gate because she was coming with us. So nice. It was a dry summer day and three quarters of the way through an absolutely awesome show, Tom York looks up at the sky and says, looks like we might get some of that famous Vancouver rain. Let's play something for a rainy day. (gasps) Haven't played this in a while, so bear with us. Or something close to that effect. On comes Just, a song they hadn't played live in forever. My God. Music for a rainy day. It then proceeded to downpour for the next several hours. More rain than I'd ever seen in August in Vancouver. The streets were flooded and everyone at the outdoor show was completely soaked with warm summer rain. She came to that show with us that day. She made it rain and I'll never forget it. Rest in peace, Kelsey. Yeah. And there's even an article. (laughs) Right? Like so touching. So like maybe not scary, but like definitely ghostly. I don't know. Ghostly. Yeah. Super sweet. And there was even an article of Radiohead's concert in the rain and all that stuff. So I know. That's so wonderful. I love that. I know. Mine aren't cute. (laughs) My other ones aren't aren't cute. I have two other ones. Oh my (laughs) God. But that one was like, oh, that's so, so nice. I mean, there are lots of coincidences, but I feel like if something like that happens and it makes you remember the person that you loved, then does it really matter if it's just a coincidence or if it's actually like right? something that has happened by divine intervention right? or whatever? I don't think that was a coincidence. That's too much. It's a, I mean, it's a big fucking coincidence. But then also like I'm the kind of asshole who a lot of times... I don't believe the things that people write, even when they're like deeply touching and seem very personal and like written with a lot of detail. I'm like, oh, that's just too much. You're (laughs) lying. You're a cynic. You created a fucking story. Right? Your friend didn't die. She doesn't even exist. (laughs) I mean, I definitely have some stories that are like, I, I consider them very like deep, but I can see where people would be like, oh, that's bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> None of that happened. She's lying. Like if if I had heard it, I would have been like, oh, fuck you. I had this dream when I was younger. And I don't know if I've told you this before. So forgive me if I'm repeating myself. But my dad, uh, surprisingly, based on the night ghost, my dad killed himself <laughs> when I was very little. He had a pretty horrible childhood. I wonder where I mind that piece of inspiration from autobiographical. Yeah, semi-autobiographical for sure. Yeah, I'm sorry. Oh, it's all right. I mean, it's not all right, but it's like it happened so long ago that it's not like it hurts me every day. But Mm -hmm. I had a dream when I was much, much younger that I was in an apartment and I could like kind of call out the layout of the apartment. It was like really specific for some reason in my mind and in the dream. And there was a man that was pacing back and forth. And he was saying, I could have done something different. I should have done something different. 
And then he laid on the couch and it was like one of those old like 70s fall floral upholstery. And he laid down on the couch to rest. And then he had a blanket for his body, but he also had a separate blanket for his feet. Now, the important thing to know here is that I didn't really know my dad. At this point, I didn't really have like a whole bunch of stories about him because I didn't ask as many questions. And I told my mom the dream and she just started crying. And she was like, your dad, one of the cutest things about him was that he always had to have a separate blanket for his feet. Oh my gosh. I got goosebumps. It could have been a thing where nobody remembered telling me something like that. And then I just like remembered it and had a dream. So who the fuck knows? Wow. I could have been just like coming up with something based on something that I heard, but I thought. But like, why would, why would that be something that was even talked about? I guess maybe like if you had cold feet and you did that, your mom could have been like, oh, your dad used to do that. Yeah. Or like she could, I could have just asked her something like, and she said, oh, this reminds me of like when blah, blah, blah. It's entirely possible that I had like a piece of information and then I just didn't remember it and then remembered it through a dream. But But it's also possible that like you were being communicated with. Yeah. Nori is actually, Nori is Lulu now. That is the name she is going by and I'm doing my best to remember. Lulu, so, I love it. Like since she just started first grade, her teacher knows her only as Lulu, not Nori. So, um, but anyway, Lulu is really into Phoenix and like mythical creatures, not Phoenix the band. Okay. She's also into Rush, but we don't talk about that because <laughs> it's weird. Right. But no, she's like really into them. And my dad had a Phoenix tattoo on his arm and we were talking about it yesterday. She's like, well, maybe that's why I like Phoenix so much. I was like, maybe, maybe subconsciously or, you know, ghost wise, you're both into Phoenixes. That's interesting. Kids are creepy. Well, I think I told you that ghost thing that happened with Mateo. Yes. You should repeat it just in case people don't remember. I was like going through some woo shit like I do every couple months. Flash days. (laughs) I'm so (laughs) spiritual now. But I tried to contact my spirit guides like based on a, a YouTube video that told me how to. And I asked for a sign. Like, and I was asking this out loud while I was on a walk with Mateo in the stroller. And then we got home and the lights flickered. Honestly, like now I don't really remember the whole thing, but the lights flickered and my tail was like pointing to the corner of the room. And I'm just like, what the fuck is happening? Like, this is weird. And then I was like, oh my God. Oh my God. Like I contacted my spirit guides and that was my sign. Like my son, like freaking out and looking at the corner of the room and the lights flashing. And then I was like, I don't like this. (laughs) But then I still did it one more time. I contacted them again and asked for a sign. And then I saw this like gigantic rabbit. That's interesting. Mm -hmm. I was talking to my friend Mayan and we were outside just like chatting and like kind of chatting about my own like interpersonal life bullshit. And then all of a sudden behind her, it's just like this huge fucking rabbit. Like it wasn't a cat. It was like bouncing and it was big. And then it just like went under someone's house. And I was totally freaked out and I was kind of drunk and I cried. And she's like, are you okay? Chilled in. <laughs> We're going to have to take you somewhere because if you're crying over a rabbit, I don't know what to do with you. I can't deal oh, with this right now. Like, <laughs> she's like a pretty spiritual person. So she's just like, oh, okay. Like going with the... I wonder what a rabbit means. Doesn't it mean like rebirth or something because they fuck so much? <laughs> <laughs> I like that. I don't know what that means, but if it freaked me out. I'm going to write a dream journal or a dream diary thing where it's like, okay, if you dream of rabbits, it's rebirth because they fuck so much. Yeah, just write your own. <laughs> S- symbolism. If you see a snake, it means you're dying. Go to the doctor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, go to the doctor. Immediately. I'm Do not take no one. for an answer if he says there's nothing wrong with you. 
you push forward. I saw a snake. I saw a snake. <laughs> They're going to try to trick you because your doctor is a snake. Exactly. That's it. <laughs> I am going to share a really amazing story. It is from a long time ago, so there's not really much information on it, but it is a true story. Are you ready? I'm already scared. It is. It is interesting. <laughs> so have you ever heard about the Christopher Case death, the music executive? Or hold on, mm. let me rephrase that. The Muzak executive. No. Okay. So <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and paint the scene of like how they found him. So the police were called just to do a wellness check. And they had already been there once before, but the door was locked. So they didn't go in and they had no real reason to believe anything was wrong. So they didn't, they just called the person back and said, hey, we couldn't get in. It doesn't look like he's there. So they did a wellness check the second time. His front door was unlocked. When they came in, they found crucifixes everywhere. Religious music was playing in another room very loudly. They found books on the occult all over the goddamn place. And when they went into the bathroom, they found him fully clothed in the bathtub, kneeling as though he was praying with his head kind of like resting against the wall and he was dead. What the fuck? (laughs) Yeah, so real bad scene. I kind of got mixed versions of this. Some people said that in the bathroom, he was surrounded by candles. But the other thing that they found was that on every entry point in the house, there was a line of salt. So he was trying to protect himself? Yeah. So the backstory is he was from, I think, Virginia. He grew up in Richmond. And he was a pretty normal guy, super into music, really health-driven, like went to the gym every day, took all the supplements, like was really trying to take care of himself. Mm-hmm. He moved to Seattle, like in his early 30s, to work for Muzak in the like late 80s. He was traveling a lot. Essentially, he was like program director, which meant he had to do like a good amount of sales. Mm -hmm. So he traveled all the time. He still had friends back in Virginia and he had some that were in Seattle, but mainly he was like a homebody. He kind of wanted to stay home and do his own thing because he traveled all the time. So when he was home, he wanted to like really be home. Yeah, that's what Benny was like when he toured all the time. Mm -hmm. It's just like, we're not going anywhere. Look, I have friends, (laughs) but no, I'm not leaving my house. (laughs) So he was known as like a really like well-balanced guy. Polite, like nice. Nobody bothered him. He didn't bother anybody else. His neighbors like Mm -hmm. never had any issues with him. He was just like a decent guy. Um, He went to a conference in San Francisco. And I think this was April the 11th in 1991. So this was a week before his death. And I get mixed reviews on this too, because there are some people who said that the conference was a week before. And there are some people who say in the previous months, who the fuck knows? The rest of the story is pretty accurate based on what people were told by him. Um, He went to this conference. He was having a good time. He was introduced by a like work friend to this woman who was about 20 years older than him, but like super pretty. They had similar interests. She was into ancient music. Specifically, I think ancient Egyptian music is what one of his friends said. Yeah, I didn't even realize that that was a like specific focus that you could be into, but there you go. (laughs) That's a thing. (laughs) So he met her. They were having a great time, but he wasn't super interested in her because she was just kind of intense and a little like older than he was interested in. And this is where I get mixed reviews too, because some people say they had like a series of like meetings and dinners where they would talk about their shared interests and everything. 
And apparently she was getting like more and more aggressive about wanting to like, you know, hook up and have some fun. Cougar vibes. Yeah. So he was kind of like saying, hey, no, not interested, not wanting to. And then finally he was just like, look, I'm flattered, but absolutely not. It's not going to happen. And Mm -hmm. she said something to the effect of, you're going to regret this. I'm a witch and I have a feeling you're going to be dead within the week. He's like, I changed my mind. Let's fuck. It's fine. It's <laughs> oh fine. my God, please don't kill me. No, he was immediately <laughs> like, all right, well, I'm glad I said no because you're uh-huh. real crazy. A goodbye. <laughs> he was like, God, that bitch is crazy. Whatever. Uh-huh. All right. Yeah. So he went home. And within the next couple of days, he started seeing things in his apartment and uh, hearing voices. So he called his friend in Virginia and he was like, hey, something weird is going on. I keep seeing things. I keep hearing things. Like uh, it all started after I met this woman. He told her the whole story. He was like, I'm kind of scared. I don't know what's going on. And she said, you need to go and get protection. Go and read up on it. Get some candles, like get salt. And she was kind of like guiding him to get help essentially because she is a professional psychic. I'm not going to get into that. We already know how I feel about psychics, (laughs) whatever. She told him to do that. So he went to like a religious bookstore and he was like gathering up candles and crucifixes. And the guy was like, so, hey, what's uh, what's what's going on? Shop owner was like, you are looking a little frazzled. You OK there, bud? He's like, no. <laughs> yeah, he was basically like, no. He told him the whole story. And the guy was like, OK, so here's what you're going to do. These are some things that you can look into. He gave him some books. He told him which candles to buy. He like, you know, helped him collect crucifixes for the house. He was like on board with helping him. So mm-hmm. Chris went home started doing all the things. It apparently got worse for him. He was being attacked at night. He said that he would wake up and feel like he couldn't move, which, you know, sleep paralysis is a total thing. But he also said that at one point he felt as though he was being lifted off the bed and strangled. And then when he was able to move again, he fell back on the bed and he noticed that there were cuts all over his fingers and that he was bleeding on his bed. Oh my God. Yeah. He started sleeping in hotels for a couple of nights before his death. And he was calling his friends pretty consistently and saying like, this shit is going on. I'm so scared. I don't know what's going to happen. And his friends were really fucking concerned about him. One of his friends, I think it was the psychic, actually called for the wellness check the first time where he was at the hotel. Mm. So this was a few days before his death. A couple of days before his death, he had missed work for two days. That was not normal for him at all. So his work called and asked for a wellness check because they had already noticed that he was going through some shit. Yeah. And they were like, something something is wrong. He doesn't miss work. Mm -hmm. He's a reliable guy. So they called for the wellness check. The police went in that time. That's when they found him dead. Now, along with all of the like candles, crucifixes, religious music, and books that they found, they also found letters. I'm trying to find, there was like, he, he wrote a series of unsent letters to his friends. And in one of them, he talked about the fact that he was going to die. What was the cause of death? Myocarditis. What's that? So myocarditis is like a, a heart disease, essentially. So I told you that he was like a health nut. He was like- yeah in the gym all the time, taking supplements. Mm -hmm. One of the things that can exacerbate myocarditis, certain vitamins can exacerbate it. And if you remember in the late 80s, early 90s, pseudoephedrine was like all the fucking rage. Even into like the late 90s and early 2000s, like I Mm -hmm. 
took pseudoephedrine. Yeah, I never did. But it was like a diet pill, right? Yeah, you could take it as a diet pill or you could like, I mean, I think there was still pseudoephedrine and like cold medication. So it is entirely possible that he was on a few things that just exacerbated his his situation heart-wise. It is also entirely possible that if his heart wasn't working properly in the weeks leading up to what happened, that something was going on with his brain. Like his brain was like panicking. Yeah, yeah but what about the bleeding in his bed and stuff? That could have been any number of things though. It could have been that, you know, he cut himself on something, didn't realize it. Like sometimes I'll find weird like cuts on my fingers yeah, and be too. like, what the hell happened? <laughs> like I don't. Me too. I always have bruises all over my legs. I'm like, what the hell? Right. <laughs> and then also if he was on pseudoephedrine, one of the things that happens is if you have a cut, sometimes you bleed a little bit more than usual. Oh, like thins your blood or something. Yeah. Yeah. Or at least yeah. I noticed that I got bruises easier. And that like when I cut myself, I bled more. It seemed to. I'm not a doctor or scientist, so I don't know what scientists has to do with this, but (laughs) I'm not a rocket scientist, okay? (laughs) It's fucking bonkers. When I read that story, I was like, that is crazy. And part of me wants to believe it was, you know, it was just the myocarditis. He was having like an attack of some sort and he was like Mm -hmm. moving into psychosis because his body was responding to the fact that it wasn't pumping blood properly. Yeah. The vitamin industry wasn't super regulated and still isn't really regulated today. He could have had like heavy lead poisoning or something like that. Yeah, just like some weird shit. Yeah. I know. Yeah. So it's entirely possible that the witch thing didn't happen the way that he said it did. And he was just going into psychosis. Just like losing his shit. Yeah. yeah. But everyone says like there was absolutely no warning before this week that anything was happening. Well, what's up with that bitch? What happened to that lady? They had no real reason to check up on that story because yeah. it was clear that there was no foul play. Yeah. Like he he was essentially scared to death is what they thought. That is insane. Isn't that the craziest story? So this happened in 1991. So there's not a ton of information because the police were like, well, went a little bonkers and... Yeah, they're like, okay, psycho. Had a heart attack. I'm not going to look into this shit. I got other things to do. This is Seattle in the 90s. Well, that was a good, scary story. Yeah, that's like a real scary story. But you just told that story like you were telling me a story. I'm like reading mine. But I have two more and I'll share them both right now because they're pretty short. So first, another one that's kind of just like, hmm. Interesting. Not not that scary. So doppelgangers. I don't know if like you've ever heard this, but evidently like we all have a doppelganger. And if you see your doppelganger, one of you needs to die. Well, isn't there a whole like thing on the internet where people will find people that look exactly like them and try to meet them? Really? Which sounds sounds like a problem. I want (laughs) to do it. Oh my God. The kids need to shut up. I mean, if they're, if we hear them, everybody knows we're ha- we have kids, so. I have children. Deal with it. <laughs> Trust me. I wish I could make them stop. <laughs> I have no control over them. Either come and help me or stop complaining. <laughs> right? Anywho, doppelgangers. All my stories are from Reddit threads. So, so this was like 10 years after my doppelganger and I saw each other on our bicycles. At a red light, a bike pulls up. We glance at each other, both do huge double takes, and I realize why friends sometimes said they saw me way across town on a different bike. We weren't twins, but we were the same size, approximate age, dressed almost identically, looked like maybe cousins, and would easily match each other in a police description. Same black helmet. 
we both wore black helmets. <laughs> That's really unusual in a city full of people who ride bikes, black helmets. I know. It's like, I found these stories and it's like, as I'm reading them, the first one and this one, I'm like, maybe this one wasn't the best choice. <laughs> <laughs> but I read like a ton of them and then narrowed it down to these. So I don't know what that says about, about me. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to talk and, about that right now. Right. Forget it. <laughs> Anyway, a couple months after I saw him, my coworker phoned me in a tizzy, shocked that I sounded okay. Apparently, she was looking at me and I was right out front of where I worked. It was my day off. I was out front in the road along with my bicycle squashed under a delivery truck with people trying to rescue me and she'd been certain that I was dog food. Ten years later, Reddit explains that this is just the normal physics of the supernatural. Nothing to worry about unless you are the doppelganger who gets smeared. So wait, she saw the person under a truck and instead of stopping and being like that's my friend she went home she called him and called him him. (laughs) (laughs) i know and this was 10 years ago like they still had cell phones and stuff so it's like she could have just like said i can't tell if that's him i'm gonna do a quick call but i'm also going to stop and see if i can help my bud what's happening i know right (laughs) i should you know i should have read like all the comments that people said people are probably like you're a fucking idiot like why it's interesting because like i think about stuff like parallel universes and stuff like that so it's like what if you do see your doppelganger what about those twins do you remember the twins that one of them said that she'd have to die for the other one to be free wait no i don't remember that okay so it was june and jennifer gibbons their parents had moved from barbados to the united kingdom in the 1960s and because they were like both black and not local the Mm -hmm. kids just picked on them so they actually were selective mutes Oh, wow. They somehow managed to communicate with each other, but they they wouldn't really talk to anyone else. So their parents sent them to all sorts of therapy, trying to get it worked out. And when they were in their early teens, they actually sent them to different boarding schools to see if separation would help them. Because, you know, a lot of times with twins, they'll become so insulated with each other that they just can't relate to anybody else. Interesting. They were, you know, having sex and like trying drugs and getting into mischief. But apparently it was getting a little bit scary for the parents. So Mm -hmm. they actually went to mental hospitals because it was clear that nothing was going to stop them from getting worse. And while they were dealing with all of this shit, they started writing books about like murder and robberies and like really like kind of traumatic incidents. So when they were, I want to say that they were in their early 20s, one of them was spoken to independently by like a a doctor or nurse or something. And she said, I will never be free until Jennifer dies. And then (laughs) Jennifer died of like some heart defects that they hadn't found. Like I want to say a week or like a month later or something like that, a really short period of time later. And then she was free. Interesting. Isn't that crazy? Like free in the sense like that she was speaking? That she could speak, that she could like live a normal life. And after that, by all accounts, she did live a normal life. Obviously, this isn't doppelgangers. These are twins, but it's still really interesting. But there's another story that I saw a documentary on where both of the twins had anorexia. Both of them said, I won't be free unless one of us dies. Wow. Twins freaky. Like it can either be, I feel like it can be the best possible relationship or the most destructive. 
I saw, listen, this isn't scary, but I was listening to Hidden Brain podcast and there was twins. I'd like, so I don't know how this happened, but there was like two sets of twins at the hospital. They somehow switched one of each baby. So like two different families got like one of their kids and like some other baby. And then like they started seeing the other twin, you know, around and thinking like, oh, like one of them was a butcher, you know, and like worked in the butcher shop. And then one of the twins' dads was like, I saw someone that looks just like you, blah, blah. And like, they ended up finding out what happened, that there was like a mishap at the hospital. And then like, they were able to study different things like about nature versus nurture because of this accident. It was very interesting. Do you remember the three identical strangers thing? No. So that is a documentary on Hulu and it is bonkers. Well, about a group of triplets who um, I think in their early 20s or like when they went to college, everyone was like, oh my God, I know you. They were like, uh, no, we've never met in our lives. And they they were each hearing this from different people. Like, no, I went to school with you. Do you remember me? And finally, they realized that they were three people who all looked alike. And they were given up at birth by their parents. And they were supposed to be kept together. But they were each adopted individually and led entirely different lives. So the wow. whole thing was super fucking traumatic for all of them. The end. <laughs> the end. <laughs> you don't have to watch the documentary now. I mean, it's good, but like I pretty, I did a really good job summing it up. <laughs> Some shit happened. They had weird Everyone lives. Everyone was traumatized. Yeah. The end. So I have one more story. I don't know if you want to share one or if I should just do my last one. All of mine kind of suck. No, I'll no, share like, mine. Damn it. Wait, what's, is the next one good or? <laughs> <laughs> I like the doppelganger ones. I think that's fun. <laughs> This one is the one that has the audio. Oh, okay. Save that one. Since it has audio, save that one and I'll do mine. Okay. So I found mine on Jezebel. So Jezebel is like hit or miss with some of the stories that they give during their like Halloween spooky story. Yeah, I I read a bunch of those when I was looking. I get into a fucking spiral reading this shit. They have like the top 10 of each year. They have the top 10, but you can also go through the comments and read all of them, which is actually what I do. So when they request your stories, I'll actually go through that post and read everything. Smart. Some some of the ones they chose, I was like, really? This is like in their top 10? Like, come on. Yeah, I think they try to say like, it has to be true stories, but it's like, come on now. Just let people tell creepy ghost stories and like pick the best one. That's fun. (laughs) Like, it doesn't have to be real. Who cares? Because most of the real ones where you can be like, oh yeah, that sounds about right. is like, I saw a floating head. The end. <laughs> well, Benny has a story like that where he was like staying at some church camp or something and he saw like death walk by his window. You told you me know? about that. That is yeah. horrifying. How old was he? Young, like maybe nine or something. Maybe even younger. Maybe he was like five. <sighs> I know. No, thank you. <laughs> right. I would just like to say that I do not want that to happen to me. No, thank you. I'm going to put that out into the universe that that is not a thing that I need to experience in life. Hard pass. This is from Jezebel, and it's called Five Siblings by Reggae Junkie Jew. Love it. Already, love we're that. good. We're good. You think that Reggae Junkie Jew has dreadlocks? God, I hope so. I think so, too. I really White hope person, so. dreadlocks. And it's like their band name. Yeah. And they do like heavy metal. <laughs> <laughs> they just like to fool people. They're right, anarchists. <laughs> <laughs> you were expecting reggae. Yeah, fuck you. <laughs> metal forever. So it says, and I'm going to actually just read this. I'm not going to summarize. 
About four years ago, my boyfriend and I moved into a duplex just outside the city. The first day I was all alone in the house, I started thinking that I was seeing things out of the corner of my eye, flashes of light and shadow. I never, ever had that sensation at my old place. It happens from time to time, but not this often. It was like every 10 minutes that I was turning around looking for something or someone behind me. When my boyfriend got home that night, I asked him if he was experiencing the same thing. He told me no and that I was being dramatic. He remained a skeptic until a few weeks later. The day after Halloween, boyfriend, our cat, and myself were in the kitchen and we heard a huge bang. One of the night tables in the bedroom had fallen over. It had fallen over face first. The lamp was on the floor about six feet away, unplugged from the socket. I usually work from home, so the following work week, I was home alone with the cat all day. I would hear strange bangs, dishes shifting in the kitchen, and knocks on the walls. The lights in the bathroom went out and we had to rewire them. I don't know how any of that shit works, but my boyfriend was very confused as to why they all went out at once. Even he said it was weird. One time, the TV turned itself on at full volume in the middle of the night. The cat's litter box is in the basement, but he refused to go down there. He would just crap and piss on the floor upstairs. Sounds annoying. (laughs) One time I tried to carry him downstairs and he panicked, started squirming and crying and clawing at me to put him down so he could run back upstairs. Creepy. Mm -hmm. My boyfriend's sister brought her new dog over one Saturday afternoon. He's a total sweetheart. We were chilling in the basement when the dog starts growling and barking at the corner. In early November, I took a silly photo of my boyfriend wearing a Snuggie in the basement. So she's got a picture here and I'll attach it. She says, see the face in the background, but I don't really see it. So I don't know what she's talking about. Whatever. Spot the face. (laughs) (laughs) I'll I'll post the picture and a link to the thing. In late November, I'm lying in bed trying to fall asleep. My boyfriend is passed out. All of a sudden, I hear him shudder. A deep, almost violent, involuntary shudder. He's propped up in bed eyes wide open, looking straight out our bedroom door. He tells me he just had a dream where he was lying in bed looking out the bedroom door when a blonde woman in her early 30s walked by our door down the hallway. Then she turned back and stood in front of our door and looked right at him. She didn't look happy. Then he woke up. (laughs) That was the last incident that we ever experienced in our house. Here's the kicker. My landlords bought the house in 1955 and raised a large family there. They told us they had five children. They're well into their 80s now and they're very lovely people. However, we mostly deal with their youngest daughter when it comes to repairs, etc. She once mentioned that she had three siblings. I think one may have passed away in the house and was unsettled by our presence. Spoopy. I don't like it. Don't. Mm -mm. There were like some better ones, but... Most of them were so clearly fake that I was like, meh. No, that one sounds real. Yeah, that one sounds more realistic. Some of them were like, and she communicated with me and told me she had, (laughs) and then we dug up the floor and I'm like, come on now. Can you not? Can we not? But the ones with like photos, I'm always like, "Mm, I am more inclined Uh to believe this one. So I have a photo that I'm going to find for the blog post of my mom and dad in our old house. And like, I don't really remember having any sorts of like paranormal activities except for sometimes like on the cable box, it would flash 911. Like it just would, it would just flash 911. I don't know. And it always like, freaked I do me not out like as a kid. that. I didn't like it either. But there's a picture of my mom and dad. And I don't know if it has to do with like shitty old cameras, you know, like back in the day on Halloween, but my dad's like entire body is missing in the picture. It's so fucking weird. (laughs) I know my mom has it, so I'll ask her for it. Holy shit. I don't have any creepy pictures. 
I have none. It could just be like weird photo developing thing. Right. Like it's two photos that were developed too close back to back and like it got part of one and part of another. Yeah. Something. I know that that's a thing that happened in like old In the olden days. In the olden days when we had to take our instant cameras or our throwaway cameras to the place to get the things. Like 75% of the photos were terrible. Right. Like, damn it. (laughs) And if you took selfies, someone would already see the like unedited selfies. I know. I had 135 pictures printed out just recently. And when I picked them up, they were all out of order. Like, I think the people looked through my pictures. Ew. I know. I'm like, that's weird. Nothing, and Benny yeah. said when we got there, he like, they like knew he was picking up those photos probably because they like saw him in it. I'm not into that. Okay. So here's my last story. I titled this myself Android for Sleep because this person who wrote this, it's basically about this app that she was using called Sleep as Android that's supposed to like help improve your sleep. It just like records the sounds that you're making at night. Or snores and stuff like that. So you can yeah, see if you're like, totally. you have sleep Snoring. apnea. Exactly. Yeah. So this person has been using the app since October 1st of 2013. So I've never caught anything other than sounds created by me changing positions or coughing or something like that. Although I've been told several times that I talk in my sleep by other people. On December 30th at 2.04 a.m., I caught something very weird. This night I was sleeping in my bed. My three-year-old was with me that night as he is scared of the dark. It was just the two of us in the whole house. The next night, I decided to go through and delete my recordings and saw this particular record. (laughs) Record. (laughs) In it, you can hear some clicks that start to get louder over the course of the recording. Yeah. Eventually, you can hear me say, what are you doing? No. And immediately after, there is a deep voice that says, nothing. No. (laughs) Yeah. The clicks become very loud at that point. And at the end of the recording, you hear the same voice say, that's them. I'm pretty creeped out by this. I don't remember being awake that night. The only plausible explanation is that I answered my own sleep talking, but the voice doesn't even sound like me or something I could emulate. It definitely doesn't sound like a voice my preschooler could emulate either. Holy shit. I have no idea what the clicks could be. I keep a fan going at night for white noise, but the clicks sound like they're coming from right near my phone, which is placed right by me on my bedside table. I want to say that I've picked up the clicks a few times on recordings before, but deleted them thinking it was nothing. This is the first time I've ever heard anything, though. It says, original audio, I would love some debunking here. I like creepy stuff, but certainly not in my own home. Somebody, like, PM'd her and was just like, this is scary, whatever. But this person offered, like, his professionalism. I guess he's, like, a professional, like, audio person. And they said that they don't think the second voice was that person. Yeah, but here's a clip of the message from the person who did the editing. Uh, The other person in your recording definitely isn't you talking to yourself, nor is it your son. Your voice's pitch in the question, what are you doing, is around 265 hertz or a C4 in musical notes. And the answerer's voice seems to be around 95 hertz or an F sharp. That's a relatively low voice for even a man. It says, unfortunately, the recording seems to have clipped a lot of the lower frequencies, which makes it seem like the man's voice is around 190 hertz. But there's a little hint of the 90 hertz tone left. And judging by the upper frequencies and some test recordings of my own voice, who is a man, it definitely seems and sounds like a man to me. And then they say, like, if I had a recording of you talking normally and then trying to make a really low voice, I could tell if my theory is true. So I don't know if she ended up doing that. Yeah, 95 is crazy low. Like anytime I edit our audio, essentially under 110, I can just delete all of those frequencies. Yeah, so some people, so her name is Jenny, this girl, and some people hear 
the audio is saying not this is them or that's them, but like that's Jen or like that's Jenny. Okay. So like right after she says, what are you doing? There's something said after that. That's like, or something. You heard it, right? Oh, it did not yeah. sound like her. No, it's weird. It's like really deep. That's horrifying because yeah. I hear like a lot of distortion and that's all I yeah. was hearing at first. But once I turned it like way the fuck up, I heard it. Yeah, you have to like really listen. It's fucking weird. That does sound I like know. a voice. Like sometimes you hear things like that and you're like, mm, well, you're just like you've been told what you're going to hear. So you're hearing it. But mm-hmm. That actually sounds like a voice. <gasps> I know. That one's really creepy. I know. I'm creeped out now, too. Ooh, you know what we should do for the next round since it'll still be October? What? We should pick out the spookiest EVPs we can find. What's an EVP? Electronic voice phenomenon. Oh. It's like where people will go in and have a, a digital recorder and then they'll edit it so that they can hear if they missed anything. And a lot of times it's like people will tell you what you're going to hear and you'll be like, oh, I hear it. Mm-hmm. But sometimes you hear shit that's just bonkers. And you don't know if it's real, obviously, because people could just be lying. But yeah, but getting scared is fun. Getting scared is fun. And especially mm-hmm. like when you can find the stories of like, OK, so I moved into this house and this is what happened. And then I decided to like let my phone run for a little bit and record stuff. And here's what I got. Yikes. Ooh, I can't wait. That sounds like fun. Yeah. Spooky season. I'm all mm-hmm. about it. I know. I love it. All about it. Oh, my mm-hmm. God. I love these stories. I know. I like feel like throwing up now that I reread <laughs> it. Like, ah. Oh, my God. Before we finish, did I ever show you the grateful thing? The kids' imaginary friends? I feel like this is essential to your well-being. Okay. <laughs> I already told you I'm oh. unstable. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to just read an article from Mashable. Stupidest fucking name. (laughs) This magazine, I don't know if it was like a regular magazine, but it is, it basically asked readers or like their staff to ask their kids to draw pictures of their imaginary friends. So one of the little girls who is three drew a picture and this is what the picture has underneath it. So it says, meet our imaginary friends. We asked some of our favorite kids to draw their make-believe pals. Ruby, three. This is my imaginary mum, grateful. Her yellow eyelashes mean she can see in the dark. She only comes to see me at nighttime. It scares me sometimes, but I always want her to come back. She has two babies in her belly. She's 14, but can never have a birthday. Oh yeah, you told me this before. (laughs) So apparently they went on to ask her more questions because everyone was like, oh, no, 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 no. So I'm going to see if I can find out the the rest of the information because she gave more details and it gets worse. It just gets worse. <laughs> so some people actually noted that Grateful sounds like a Puritan name. In the video, Ruby further confirms that Grateful can have no birthdays, only nothing. Nothing. Ruby also explains that Grateful lights up in the dark normally. And she goes on to say that Grateful interacts with her by whispering, Ruby, Ruby. Oh my God. Ruby also notes that Grateful actually wants to be a person. 
I can't. I'm just like, I'm speechless. I've already told Ripley that if she ever comes to me with some creepy shit, that I'm going to leave her in the woods. I can't deal. <laughs> I'm not dealing with this shit. Does she have an imaginary friend? No. One time she said, I was putting her to bed and she was, she had to have been like three or four. And she said what I thought was fiery face, fiery face in the closet. And I flipped out. <laughs> I believe it. Because I'm not like, down the house. I'm not a big believer, but like that will get to anybody. Oh, totally. And then I realized that she thought that like her clothing kind of looked like a smiley face. Oh. And she couldn't really pronounce it. So I was like, okay, yeah. well, that's okay. Yeah, that's actually sweet. <laughs> you know, I assumed that it was her clothing, but it could have just been like she saw a person smiling. I saw it as like fire face. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I saw it as like a person on fire in her closet looking at her. And I was like, that is not chill. And yeah. okay, good night. Right. You have Bye. fun with that. You good, seem fine. Good luck in there. You seem fine. <laughs> Lulu has an imaginary friend and her name is Luna and she's blue and very tall. So she's an avatar? She's never seen Avatar. She had to use several pieces of construction paper to like tape it all together to be as tall as Luna. Oh, wow. Like, oh. I'm like, okay. Luna's always around. She's often there at dinner and we have to like give her a plate. Yes. Let's all treat Luna like a person. So that she can become a person, like, grateful. <laughs> I know, I'm scared now. I'm like, she's not invited anymore. <laughs> I don't want Luna here. You're not welcome in my home. Ripley's never said anything, like, super creepy beyond that. I mean, she's just creepy herself. Like, when she lost her first tooth, Mimi was like, so are you, are you going to put it out for the tooth fairy? And she said, you know that mommy's the tooth fairy. And she was like, okay, well, do you want to put it out so you can get a dollar? And she was like, no, I'm going to collect them so I can sell them as a set. <laughs> Because they'd be that more valuable. So funny. <laughs> I get it. I, <laughs> I was like, bitch, how much money do you think I'm going to give you for a full set? You think you're like going to, if you wait just a little bit longer, you're going to get thousands of dollars for your baby teeth? You little that creep. That me if she should sell them on Etsy or something. <laughs> Selling baby like, teeth. you, mom. I don't, I don't, I don't need, need you. God, she's so creepy. I know that Coraline is like Ripley's favorite movie and, or it was at one point. So we watched the coming attraction and it fucked Nori up. Like she can't even watch it. It's really scary. Yeah. She's had to sleep in my bed the last few days just from the coming attraction. Yeah. I'm scared. What's a fucking weird spider demon that traps people Mm -hmm. and eats their souls? I was like, oh, like (laughs) Ripley loves this movie. Like remember she dressed up as Coraline. She's like, well, Ripley is braver than I am. Oh, baby. Ripley's not afraid of anything. It seems like she said. She, she actually is afraid, but she, I mean, I started really early with reasoning with her because I didn't want her to, to be as scared as I was as a little kid. So yeah. I, I taught her super early about how like your brain looks for patterns in the dark mm-hmm. and it'll like make things up when it can't find anything just mm-hmm. to like try to keep you safe because when we mm-hmm. were animals, we needed that skill. So even last night, she woke up a few times with nightmares and she had a hard time going back to sleep. And she said, and then the hallway scares me the most because my brain creates scary figures that like creep out and like look around corners. And I'm like, oh, that's so sad, babe. But you know that that's not true. And she was like, yeah, but that doesn't stop it from being scary. Yeah. I was like, well, good point. Totally. And every once in a while, I'll do the thing where like I'll go to the bathroom and then like I'll run through the hall get back to my room. I'm a full-grown adult who's not really scared of the dark and I'll be like, oh, fuck. Dude, I'm a total Frady cat. It's like animal instinct. You're like, I can't be alone. Mm -hmm. I'm alone in the dark. Something's going to get me. 
dude, when Benny would be on tour, I'd be like watching Dateline and like shit like that and be like, I'm going to be murdered and then like smoking weed and just like being so scared. <laughs> oh man, I watched that, uh, the documentary on the East East Area Rapist slash Golden State Killer and that yeah. fucked me up and I would like check the, I would go into the girls, like creep into the girls' rooms and like check their windows to make sure everything was locked. Like, dude, oh my that's God. that's what I would do too. Yeah, when I was alone, like I had, I put like bars in the window so you can't open it. You have to though. It. Well, and I have like a taser and pepper spray like in many different areas. <laughs> so if something happens, See, now there's that's like a lot smart. of different places. That's smart. Yeah. Bryson yeah. at one point was like, maybe we should like just like, I want to have a gun, but I don't want to have a gun. And I was like, no, I don't want a gun in my house. Like yeah, then someone's going to take it from me and shoot me. We have a few tasers and it's like, because you can like stun them and then like, keep stunning them. <laughs> and honestly, if you send someone enough, you can like mess with their heart rhythm and they'll die anyway. So mm-hmm. there so you go. It's less dangerous if it happens once rather than like a gunshot. Right. And like, I feel like I don't need to practice that. You just kind of were like, Ugh. my whole thing is like, I worry about something being taken from me and used against me. Knives, guns, anything like that. I'm like, I am such a weakling that someone's just going to take it out of my hands and be like, oh, thanks. That's it dead. But yeah, last night I got all like, the reason I actually knew that Ripley was awake was because I got all paranoid and I asked my mom to check her window. I was like, please check her window, make sure it's locked. It's like, it wasn't locked. And I was like, God damn it. I sensed that. She was like, your mommy senses are on point. And I was like, dude, it's true. I know. Well, this was fun. I'm glad we're going to be like real paranoid tonight. I know. I'm already like scared. (laughs) I kind of want to get a sleep app to see if I like say anything. Oh my God, do it. You should do it too. Okay. We'll both freak ourselves out together. Oh my God, then I'll like never sleep again. If we could do that over the next couple of weeks, if we find anything, then we can include it in our EVPs. I'm going to see if I can find an app. Mateo comes in the bedroom. I wonder if I like yell at him in the night. Like, (laughs) go away. Stop pinching my nipples. (laughs) That's his new thing. It's like awful. That would be a really funny thing to include in an EVP session. Like, stop pinching my nipples. And then just his little voice, no. (laughs) (laughs) Like, sorry, that's my son. He's a creep. It's like he doesn't nurse anymore, but he'll be like, mama, we won't touch your bebos. Me touch it like this. And I'm like, ew, I guess. (laughs) Fine. I'm like, hold it. Just hold it. Don't pinch. Ripley grabs my boobs all the time. I don't get it. And it's not like I just weaned her. So she has no excuse. Right? Leave my tits alone. Yeah. Get off my tits. She's always like, "Mm, I'm grabbing them. And I'm like, could you just quit it? What's wrong with you? (laughs) Stop grabbing my boobs all the time, you freak. She used to do this thing where she'd like try to jam herself into my crotch and be like, I'm climbing inside again. Like, (laughs) stop it. It's so weird. And she'd every once in a while do it in public. And I'd be like, you got to fucking quit. People are going to think I'm abusing you. (laughs) Right. I know. What do you mean go in again? Oh my God. She's talking about me having her in my vagina. I'm sorry. What do you (laughs) mean having her in your vagina? Not that way. I gave birth to her. That's what I mean. Like coming out. Like that's the dream to go back in. Like everybody wants to go back in, but you can't. You're out now. Deal with Mm -hmm. it. Life's a long road, baby. (laughs) Well, this was fun and horrifying. I'm excited to see the new video because we're doing like a different video setup. Yeah. And I really did my makeup today. You look very so I glamorous. Look as beautiful as Jolie. <laughs> Although I'm always like, damn it. You look so glamorous. Thank you. I'm feeling very glam. 
All right, you guys. So we have been I Write a Thing and you can listen to our podcast every other Friday. And next Friday is going to be another spooky episode in honor of the spooky season. Spoops. Um, you can find us wherever you stream podcasts. So we hope you do. And you should, you know what? You should leave us a comment on our Apple podcast reviews. We would yeah, really appreciate it. Yeah, share a scary it. story. Fuck yeah, man. Share mm-hmm. your favorite scary story. Make it so that it seems you don't understand how reviews work. <laughs> Be like five stars. One time I had this ghost. <laughs> Perfect. I love it. Be like, babe, do you know what this is? <laughs> it's not the place. <laughs> um, but yeah, you can find us on I Read a Thing at Twitter and on Facebook. And you can also find us at I Read a Thing Podcast on Instagram. So please, please, please add us wherever you have mm-hmm. social media accounts because we love you and we want to hear from you. So yeah, we mm-hmm. love you. We hope you're not being haunted. You are being haunted by us. <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> All right, you guys. Yeah. We love you. Bye. <laughs> the end.